This is Solid Talk. Speaking out loud in depth. Check it out. Speaking out loud in depth. Cancel culture can't keep me in check. In from beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers, they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. Listen, God bless you, family. Praise the Lord. My name is Brother Greg. We are having solid talk tonight. God is truly good. He is worthy to be praised. I want to greet everybody in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Tonight, family, is another open discussion. I don't have anything too pressing on my mind. So if there's anything you guys want to talk about, if there's anything that's on your mind, you can bring it up to me. I'll weigh in on it to the best of my ability if I know what you're talking about because <laughs> there's so much stuff going on today that uh, we don't even have a clue of what's going on. So the number, if you want to call in, is 202-738-1686. But since I gave y'all last minute, I will open up with one thing that is on my mind a little bit that I came across, or I'll say that was brought to my attention, and that was something that's going on in Congress, okay, something that's going on in Congress, and I want to skim through an article with you. Many of you have probably heard about this. I'm I'm probably a little bit late to the party because I have not been, uh, well, in the be very beginning of the year, I wasn't looking at any news, and I'm just now really kind of catching up on the news. Once that capital thing kind of went down I almost had no choice but to figure out <laughs> to figure out what was going on maybe I should should have just left it alone right <laughs> praise the lord but um <laughs> okay I'm just laughing in my head y'all ain't even laughing with me but okay I want to read something that is going on in the US House of Representatives this article says US House of Representatives will soon start using gender neutral language. Um, basically, the House voted, what was the vote, 217, 217 to 206, to where in official documents, they're no longer going to use words like father, mother, son, daughter, brother, and sister. All right, they're going to be replaced in official documents using gender neutral terms such as child or sibling, respectively. So, I didn't read the whole article, so I, I, let me just explain it really quickly. Basically, in order, in, under the guise of being inclusive, all right, in the House of Representatives or in Congress or whatever, I guess in the House, in their official documents, they're going to remove anything that has anything to do with gender specificity. So instead of something saying mother or father, it's just going to say parent. Or instead of it saying son or daughter or grandson or granddaughter, it'll just say grandchild. And they're doing this under the inspiration of what they call gender inclusion. Okay. So that being said, okay, that being said, y'all should be able to hear me now. That being said, okay, what we are witnessing is the literal, the literal destruction of the family. All right. This is the literal, literally, and I'm not one of these people that uses the word literal, literal or literally out of context. Literally, our Congress, the people that we vote on to, quote unquote, represent us, our congressional representatives have literally voted to no longer acknowledge the family unit when it comes to gender specificity. Now, this is just for official documents. This is not when they're speaking or not when other proceedings are taking place. But just the fact that on the official documents, this is even a thing is an issue. So I mentioned that a lot of this is political. I don't even know if y'all heard that. <laughs> and it wasn't it wasn't you be at his feet. It, it was it was something I did on my end. But just the fact that this is even a thing for the documents says a lot because what we're witnessing right before our very eyes is a literal removal of the family unit. Now, that's the political aspect of it. I don't want to get too much into that, but let's move a little bit to the spiritual aspect of it. Satan's mission from day one has been to destroy the family. He wants to disrupt the order of the family. He also wants to remove 
gender specificity and we have to ask the question why is this what what incentive does the kingdom of darkness have to cause all of this gender confusion right what what is the motive what is the end game what exactly does he get out of it he being satan what he gets out of it is the bible says that man was created in the image of god male and female created he them so God creates man in his image and it's the ultimate socket to you. All right. It's the ultimate socket to you when the devil now can take the very image of God and distort that image and confuse his own creation to the point that they reject his image. So when you reject the image of God that he created you in, you're literally rejecting your entire essence. It's like you're you're rejecting God and who he is. It's not just a thing where, oh, I just think this type of way or I just feel this type of way. But what's actually happening is there is a and it's like a it's like the ultimate insult to God to destroy the family and to remove this uh gender specificity, more specifically to distort and pervert the image of God. And a lot of folks kind of make the argument, well, you know, why, why, why is homo LGBT and all of this stuff such an issue? The reason why it's such an issue is because this is this is the flagship agenda that is prevalent in this country. You know, there's an old saying that says that the squeaky or the squeaky wheel gets the oil. So if you're the squeaky wheel, you're going to be the the one that gets the oil, right? You're going to be the one that gets the oil. And it's almost like I, I really think that the that the devil gets a big kick out of this because he takes the very symbol that God used as a covenant with mankind, which is the rainbow. And considering that God resists the prideful, right, he then takes that very same symbol and he uses it to endorse something that's against God. And then he covers it under the moniker of pride so it's the blind leading the blind and all of these people flock all right to this agenda that is designed to specifically insult god now the 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 way in which he can even get to that agenda has to first happen by the destruction of the family it's the destruction of the family that distorts things because God has a specific order. It's God, Christ, husband, wife, children. That's the model that he created in order for him to reveal himself in us and in order for us to understand who God is, what he stands for, and what the 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 model of love represents. Okay, what the model of love represents. All right. Christ uh well God commended his love unto us and that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. So he gave a selfless act. So in turn, what happens is husbands love your wives as Christ loves the church or love the church. And he gave himself for it. So the husband is supposed to love his wife in such a way that he's willing to be selfless when he deals with his wife. All right. Uh, <laughs> this is a concept that a lot of men in my generation don't understand because the propaganda doesn't teach what the Bible teaches. The propaganda teaches that everybody is equal and, and, and it basically teaches that the gender should be at odds with one another. But in God's model, men are supposed to be selfless. And that's how we learn what love is by being selfless toward our family. That husband and that wife come together, they produce offspring, and that wife is now over those children, and now she also learns what it means to be selfless, right? So love, which is selflessness, God creates this model that he does, and it creates a cycle, because then those kids grow up, they become adults, and now they produce families, and now they learn what it means to actually love and to be giving. Now, when you take away the family unit, when you emasculate the men and when you uh, masculate, if that's a word, (laughs) the women, 
Okay, now you flip things upside down. And now when you turn the, 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 uh, the genders against each other, man versus woman, right? You, you, you put them at odds with one another while at the same time merging them with one another because the men become more feminine and then the women become more masculine. So now everybody's just kind of in the middle. And when everybody's just kind of in the middle, you have this gray area where anybody can be anything. You know, I can be I can be a male in my body, but if I'm kind of in the middle with the way in which I live or how I perceive myself or how I'm being influenced, then now who are you to tell me that this is what a man is or how a man should act or even what a man should be? And the same thing applies to, or even what a man is. And the same thing applies to females and to women. So it's a, I mean, we shouldn't be surprised at this point, but it's amazing that it's gotten to the point where literally in our Congress, they are literally removing terms that define the family. I say all the time on this channel that it's a war of words. In order for you to form your reality, you have to define things, right? And when you create something, you define it. And when you put that label on it, now you have an identifier. You have something that people can actually identify, that people can actually uh, more or less, um, it, it, it gives it some esteem. It makes it a thing. It makes it a thing. When God created all of those animals, he had Adam to name those animals because this is how I identify that. That is a lion. That is a tiger. That is a bear. That is an, that is an elephant. That is an ant. Okay. That is a mouse. That's how we identify things. So what the kingdom of darkness has been very successful in doing is been a twofold act. It's been a twofold agenda. He's been very successful in creating new words that didn't exist 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. He's been extremely successful in creating those words, uh, applying them to lifestyles and behaviors. And then on the flip side, he's been very successful in the removal of other words. So he's now creating a word like non-binary, which didn't exist at least not mainstream, it didn't exist 20 years ago. But now when you try to say a simple word like grandmother, <laughs> grandfather, uncle, aunt, now all of a sudden these words are being systematically removed. So there's a switcheroo that's happening right in front of people's faces, uh, right before our very own eyes. And the question now becomes how do we even respond to something like this because the world is going to be the world right but at the same time we have to fight now it's it's a political action that took place but in actuality it's a spiritual movement that's going on see when when they when they when they passed the law and all of that and you see uh well it wasn't a law it was the rules when they pass these rules in congress now for this particular congress and they tell you all of these things all of that is is the physical manifestation of what's actually going on in the spiritual realm so what this means now is that we have to fight the battle spiritually and the only way that we can fight this battle is through prayer is through sharing the word of god and is through rejecting the agenda of the enemy. These words that people come up with, the, the, the reason why it's gotten this bad is because probably well-meaning people responded with emotion instead of logic, and they accepted these terms and these words and these feelings. They accepted it instead of rejecting it. And what should have been done, you know, this is all hindsight at this point, but what should have been done <laughs> was that there should have been a rejection of these words. There should have been a rejection of these ideas even before they were able to form into words, right? When you don't reject it, 
and you know somebody is basically talking crazy or, or, or doing make-believe, that's, that's what it literally becomes. It becomes make-believe. It just becomes this thing where, okay, that's how you feel. Okay, I, I see that you're a man. It's obvious to everyone that you're a man. Okay, you feel like a woman. Fair enough. Okay, that idea should have been rejected in the first place. Because now what has happened is that person wants to now be referred to as whatever their pronouns are. They could be she or her or hers, but it could be anything. It could change like the weather. And then if you subscribe to that, it makes you a liar. And a liar is going to have his place in the lake of fire. So you're kind of caught between this rock and a hard place where it's like, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to sign on to what you're doing because if I do, I'm co-signing something that's going to lead me to hell, right? Uh, look, it ain't nothing personal, but I'm trying to go to heaven. <laughs> you know, like I used to say all the time, I'm trying to get to heaven, right? But because there was no rejection of these words, you kind of let these ideas grow or we kind of let these ideas grow. And as they have grown, now we see the, the, the manifestation of what happens when you let something fester. Because the original idea is if you just let, just let that person do whatever they want to do, it's not harming me, no big deal, it is what it is. But because this is a spiritual agenda by the kingdom of darkness, that's not their end game. Their end game is full control and full perversion, right? Because when you have full control and full perversion, now you're able to do things easier because you decay the moral fabric of society. So we all have our own individual morals, but at the same time, we have sort of like a collective, I call it a collective conscience, but I, I, I don't like using that word as much because I don't want it to sound kind of new age. But we have this collective moral fabric of what everybody knows is right and everybody knows is wrong. Okay, everybody knows that that's wrong. Everybody knows that that's right. When it becomes a challenge is when you lose the revelation of God, because where does right and wrong actually come from? Where does it derive? It comes from God because he is the arbiter of right and wrong. But when you lose the revelation of God or you don't have a revelation of God and his sovereignty or when you have a distorted and perverted image of God or a false God, another Jesus, then what happens is now you don't have the criteria to be able to decide what is right and what is wrong. So when you have a godless nation that's governed by man, because government in essence is just man governing man, okay, theoretically, we vote on who we want in office, and then they make decisions that affect everyone. The problem is that man is wicked. So if you have a government that is that man is in charge of it, ultimately, over time, is bound to get corrupted because it's the corruption of man. It's the greed of man. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. It's, it's the flaws of man that are going to make the whole thing trend south, right? Trend south. When you look at history, I'm not a historian, but when you look at history and you see these great civilizations and they all just sort of crumble at some point, why is it that these great civilizations end up crumbling? Usually, if you look at it, there's there's moral decay that happens before that before that takes place. You look at Rome, for example, uh, the, the original fall of Rome. When Rome fell, what was going on in Rome was a lot of perversion, a lot of wickedness. And God is the one who's in charge of blessing or cursing a nation. The Bible says that righteousness exalts a nation, okay, but sin is a reproach to any people. So it's that, that sin that kind of gets to that point. So when you lose the revelation of God, now the question becomes, who's to say that this is right or this is wrong? Because if God is not in control and if man is governing me, which essentially means I'm governing myself because I vote these people in, 
right? If I become a a self if I become an autonomous agent, okay, I'm a self-governed agent. Who's to say what is right or what is wrong? Okay? You look at somebody like Cardi B or Megan Thee Stallion and they make a song like WAP. Okay, on the one end, somebody says that that song is empowering. On the other end, somebody says that that song is degrading. Now, the mainstream media is mostly saying when that song came out, they were mostly saying that it was empowering. Who determines if the song is empowering or if it's degrading? Okay, those who believe it's degrading, they have established a moral compass of right and wrong based upon in this particular example how a woman should conduct herself and they have concluded that what these women did in the video is not how a woman should carry herself and they deem it as degrading now the people who deem it as empowering hard for me to say that word empowering (laughs) empowering they think that uh it's strong because they're going against the traditional values that we have as a society and they're posing a question or better yet they're they're imp- they're imposing the statement who's to say that a woman should be modest and a proverbs 31 woman and even as this bible says it in king james shamefaced <laughs> you know that if you say that word today you really going to get it going to get it but who's to say that, you know, a man should be this way or a woman should be this way. Who's to say that people shouldn't be using, you know, profane language or, you know, who's to say that folks shouldn't be looking at pornography or who's to say, right? When you lose the revelation of God, you lose the revelation of the one who makes the rules. And you, in your mind, you gain the authority of being the rule maker. So now in the house, 217 of those members outvoted 206 of those representatives to come to the conclusion to say that we are now in charge of making these rules. We are in charge of the the gender and how it should be perceived and all of that good stuff. We are in charge, which essentially is just widespread Satanism because Satanism, as I've said, said on here before, is not the worshiping of the devil okay that is luciferianism but satanism is a philosophy that suggests that you can do whatever you want okay that you can do whatever you want now the bible says that we are to come to god as humbly as little children little children follow instruction what they're supposed to little children are humble little children carry themselves in such a way as they don't know everything. Some, some of them think they do, but just, just stick with me. <laughs> Little children look to their parents for guidance. Okay. They're not, they're not making their own rules. Uh, even if they try to make their own rules, they still acquiesce to what their parents say yes or no to. And little children don't have power. Okay. Uh, okay. A little child might want pizza for dinner and you give him brussels sprouts well guess what he doesn't know how to work a stove so either you eating brussels sprouts tonight or you're just not eating but this 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 other this other uh thing that we see going on this other thing that we see going on is like i think sister tatiana just said it on there it's the spirit of the antichrist which is already in this world so what i want to do is 834 I thank y'all for hanging through those technical difficulties. I just want to look at a few comments. I don't think there's really too much going on. But once again, this is an open discussion as well. So if you guys have anything else that's on your mind or if you want to weigh in on this, feel free to type in the chat or feel free to give me a call at 202-738-1686. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with the... uh, with this program, sometimes it seems like I cut it off and then I cut it back on and then it's like all of my settings just get out of whack. So I might have done a I might have done a uh, an update and knocked some stuff out of whack. So God bless everyone that's joining. Sister Stacy says address them by their profession or last name. 
That's what it's pretty much got to come to, sister, is that if you're in the workplace and y'all hire a new a new employee and your boss tells you that you got to address him as her, I'm just, from this point on, everybody going by that last name. You just Johnson. <laughs> you know what I mean? You used to be uh, him or her or, or whatever. It's just Johnson now. You just, whatever your last name is, that's what I'm calling you, you know, because you're not going to make me out a liar. You know what I mean? Tatiana says the spirit of the Antichrist is already in this world. I can't be surprised anymore of what's going on. Do we stay silent because it's supposed to be end times or do we say something? That's a very good question, sister. I think we, when it comes to your front door, I think you have to say something. Because the Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against it. There has to be a standard that's raised and we have to be as wise as serpents, but as harmless as doves. And we also need to be as bold as a lion. So it's like there's a there's like a wisdom that needs to be done in how you move. And the reason why why we need wisdom now is because the leverage, the leverage as far as it is on a carnal level, the leverage is already in favor of these agendas. Okay, these agendas have gained so much traction that now it's like the spirit of this age, the, the wind, the breath of this age is in such a way that you're now thought to be the minority if you hold on to common sense views. If you hold on to truth, you're now, it, it feels like you're in the minority. Now, are you really in the minority? That's actually debatable because the the media is the machine and the machine will convince you that you're that that you're the one that's crazy. You're the one that's out of whack. Uh, all of my favorite stores have have gotten on board with this agenda. All of my favorite companies are on board with this agenda. So what's that term? Gaslighting. I'm not sure if this is gaslighting. But basically, they convince you that you're the one who's who's doing something wrong. If you feel, if you hold to what the Bible teaches, they convince you that uh, you're in the minority. They convince you all of these different things. Now, is that actually the case? It's hard to say because we're going against the machine. All right. The machine is spiritual wickedness in high places. Okay. Uh, powers of darkness, rulers of this of this dark world. So I believe that we should say something. Okay, if it comes to your front door, you definitely should say something. Now, what's going to be the result of that? The result of that is going to be that you you might be persecuted, you might be hated. But Jesus told his disciples that if they hate you, just know that they hated me first. If they persecute you, just know that they persecuted me first. So it's one of these things that comes with the territory. I think we have to keep in mind the generations that are going to come after us. The reality that they live in, the words that, that we accept and reject is really going to form the world that they live in. The kids that are born in 2020, they have no idea of what this world looked like 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. You know, the most that they can do is read about it in a history book. Who's to say how that's even going to, you know, going to be represented? And every and 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 more specifically, or or the main point about it is this: that the agendas move faster now because the information moves faster. The internet has made the world smaller, and making the world smaller means that it's easier to get everybody on the same page. So there's like this sort of collective stream of information that is able to flow quicker, which is why you see more progress. This is the word they use progressive, but progressing towards what you see more progressive agendas going forth quicker than they did maybe like 25 years ago. It, it just seems like things are moving fast now. Why is that? It's because the information is moving faster. It's because the words are moving faster. So I say all of that to say that the kid, the children today are being force fed things and indoctrinated at a much faster rate to the point where 
whatever's being pushed on them is being pushed on them quickly. You know, it's like when Jesus told Judas, whatever you do, make sure you do it quickly. It's, it's a quick work that's being done. And a lot of that has to do with the devil knowing that his time is short. So we have a phrase for this. It's called pulling out all the stops. So he's, he's pulling out all the stops, but what has been able to fuel him to do these agendas faster has been the conditioning of the minds of the people. If our gospel be hid, it's because the God of this world, little g, has blinded the minds so that the glorious light of the gospel of Christ can't shine through. So he's blinded the minds of the people. And this is the best way to, to indoctrinate anybody to anything. So Tatiana, I think that we do have to say something. But what I also think is that we need to mobilize. We need to mobilize. <laughs> Now, I'm not talking about no violence or nothing. This is a spiritual battle. You know, you say these words today, you know, folks start to flag you and stuff like that. What I mean by mobilize is while we still have resources, while we still have a platform, we need to get people on the same page and we need to fight this battle collectively. It's a spiritual battle. And that means that the church has to come on one accord. One of the scriptures says, until we all come into the unity of the faith. So there's a unity of the faith, right? A unity of the faith. Let me see. It might be in Ephesians or something like that, where it talks about what Christ gave to the church. All right. Christ gave to the church in the wish or desire, rather. Here it is. Ephesians chapter four, verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. What this is talking about is the fact that we are the body of Christ. Everyone who's a believer is a member. That word member means body part. We are a body part of the body of Christ. As the body of Christ, we cannot mobilize or get movement or traction if the body is not in sync. Okay. I want to walk from where I'm sitting over into the next room. But in order for me to do that, my legs have to be functioning. My feet have to be functioning. I have to have the strength to raise myself up to stand up. And then I have to take my legs and I have to move them. And then I have to sway my body and move my arms so that I can get to where I need to be. But if this leg is working fine, but this leg is out of place or, 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 or this leg is falling asleep, Okay, or this leg is it does not have enough strength, then what's going to happen is I'm not able to get where I'm going because my two legs are not in sync. So what the body of Christ has to do is we have to get in sync with one another so that we come to what the Bible calls the full stature of Christ. Right. The full stature. What it's really talking about is it says the, the stature of the fullness of Christ is talking about a functioning body of Christ, something that works on one accord, all right? We're in a spiritual battle, and I want to throw a punch, okay? My brain can be telling me to throw a, a, a punch, but if my arm has gone limp and, my, and my, my, my arm is not hearing from my brain signals, the nerves are not doing what they're supposed to do, I can't even throw the punch, and I can't even fight effectively. So... The, 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 the most power that we're going to have in order to really combat this thing is spiritual warfare. And that spiritual warfare is going to be best suited when we can all come into agreement. Now, what is the basis for our agreement? The basis for our agreement is the word of God and the spirit of God, the word of God in conjunction with the spirit of God. When we uh, when we decide to agree on this, okay, that's when we'll be able to have agreement, okay, rightly divided, so that we need if not be ashamed, 
rightly divided so that we are not ashamed. Jesus put it this way. He said, I think he said, a house divided cannot stand. You know, they they, they, they accuse him of being Beelzebub. And he said, uh, Satan can't cast out Satan. Let me see if I can find that scripture. So to your question, Sister Tatiana, I think most of what we do is just going to have to be something that's spiritual. Matthew chapter 12, verse 28, New King James. Let's go down to 25. But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? If and excuse me, and if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. Okay, but if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. So two can't walk together lest they be agreed, and there has to be an agreement of what God says about his word, about what his word says, and about what the Spirit of God is saying for these times. What is the Spirit of God really saying in these times? So that requires prayer. Um, that requires everybody getting into the right position, everybody doing what we're supposed to be doing. Okay, This is, this is a warfare. We're soldiers. <laughs> we're soldiers in the army of the Lord. Sister Nicole got to it before I, I did. She said, just like the military and police. Absolutely. God bless you, Heather. Welcome. You came on, on a hardcore night. We talking about uh, some, some hot topics. But yet, uh, Bible studies are Thursdays and solid talks are Saturdays. God bless you. Uh, Be at his feet says, things moving fast. We sure are living in end times. Absolutely. I hope to be like Daniel when the heat turns up. Heather says, we've been so disconnected from one another. It's pretty discouraging, but I hope we can all live coherently. Yeah, I hope we can all live coherently. It's about, it's about, it's, it's about agenda. That's what it really boils down to. That's what it really boils down to. It's just about, um, it's about, it's about all sorts of things. It's about marketing. <laughs> you know what I mean? People market you certain things. Now, we don't market the gospel, but we definitely share the gospel. So I feel like another solution to this problem is that we've got to get the gospel out to as many people as we possibly can. Now, when these agendas become so prevalent, what that means is that the darkness is even stronger, right? It means that, the that you know, if I cut off these lights, these lights, they're going to create when I create, yeah, darkness is going to, is going to enhance. But one fact that remains true, and it has always remained true since the beginning of time, is that light came into the world and the darkness cannot overtake it. The Bible says in John chapter one, I believe that light came into the world and the darkness comprehended it not. So if you, if I were to make this room completely dark, and let's say I just had this cell phone or whatever, this cell phone there's a little light on it. You can kind of see the see the light now, but if I make it completely dark, that cell phone is actually going to stand out even more than it would under normal conditions. So when we get in dire conditions, the question is, are we going to be willing to stand out? Are we going to be willing to be the light of the world even when the darkness becomes more and more prevalent? Because all that means is that you're just going to shine harder because the darkness is more prevalent. It means that you're going to be more noticeable because the darkness has become more prevalent. And it actually means that all eyes are going to be on you when the darkness becomes more prevalent because nobody else is paying attention to what anybody else is doing. When the dark, when it, when the darkness is, is running the thing, all things are permissible because I can't even see what you're doing. Right. I'm in darkness myself. I, I'm doing what I'm doing. I can't even see what you're doing. But when you light a candle in the middle of a completely dark room, that gets all of the attention. So the question is, are we going to be able to stay in the heat? Like somebody just mentioned, Daniel, are we going to be able to go into the midst of the fire and just know that as things trend this way and you trend this way, you're going to potentially stand out like a sore thumb? I know that this is what everybody else is doing, but this is what I'm doing. 
everybody on my job likes to do this thing, but this is what I'm doing. Everybody in my neighborhood is on board with this thing, but this is what I'm doing. I'm all the way over there. Jesus says, what good is lighting a candle if you're going to put it under a bushel? When you light a candle, it's for it to be seen by everybody. And that then means that we have to believe in what we stand for. The light that's in us, we have to believe what God says, and we have to believe what he says is right. And we have to have faith or have the courage to say that, I know you think that this is right, but in love, what God says about this is what's actually right. I know you believe that we don't need a family. We can destroy the family. We can take the gender out of family. But God has not changed. He's still the same that he's always been. And that requires a measure of courage. It requires a measure of dying to self to be able to stand up for yourself in these situations. You know, we we can't be like Peter, God bless him. Uh, But we can't be like Peter and just kind of deny the Lord when these situations present themselves. So we're literally witnessing the literal uprooting of family as we know it. The devil has been very intentional on emasculating men, which are the protection of the family. So if you take out the protection, right, that just gives free free reign for anything to happen. You can just come in somebody's house if there's no protection. You can just rob a bank if there's no protection. You, you can just do anything with no protection. And then what he does from there is he just uh, capitalizes on emotionalism of people because now you don't have that standard. You don't have that that uh, that anchor that's not going to be swayed, right? You don't have that that when you when you have that man in the house, he's not going to go for everything that's presented to him. And that's not to say that 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 all women do or women do, but men have something in them where they have a really good uh, they have really good discernment. I believe women have really good discernment. And I also believe men have really good discernment, but it's almost sometimes like two different discernments. You know, it's almost like there are things that a woman sometimes can discern that a man might not discern as easily. And then there's some things that a man might discern that a woman might not discern as easily. And I believe that danger and threat is one of these things that that a man picks up on much easier. I also believe that foolishness and there's another word that we can't say because we saved, but man is very good at detecting foolishness, okay, or, or 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 somebody trying to pull the wool over your eyes, and God designed it that way on purpose. So when you take that away, now you have this free reign to just come in and evade. You know, it, 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 there's no depths to what somebody can do when it's when there's no there's no protection. Some of these situations you have these some you hear these stories, guys meet a single mother, something like that. He, he move into the house. He eating on a couch, playing PlayStation. He running the house, you know, running the woman. The woman got a daughter. She's 16 or something. He start messing with the daughter. These are the type of crazy things that happen when there's no protection. If there's a father in that house, it's, it's going to be it's not going to happen or it's just going to be over his dead body. It's just it's just those two options. It's either not going to happen or it's going to be over my dead body. So, hey, <laughs> you can you can take with that information what you want to do with it. And the devil knows this. So he 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 makes all of these agendas to to make the man as weak as possible and then make the woman as strong as possible because in the back of his mind, he knows that or he believes that the woman is more impressionable than than men. Okay. So somebody might not like that. It's, I, I've just found that to be true over my life. I'm not saying that it's a hundred percent the case, but generally speaking, uh, men are not as impressionable specifically when it comes to the threat of other men. Now men might be impressionable if they real lustful or something like that. And a woman comes along and seduces him. That's different. But when it comes to just like flat out some other man, Okay, uh, brother, you can't seduce me. You ain't got nothing that I want. <laughs> so I need some I need some 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 facts, some evidence. I need to know what you about. You know, I need to know what's going on because it ain't nothing about you 
that can sway me one way or the other. Okay, I'm set like a flint. So that has been a strategy. It's now in Congress. Uh, let's just be prayerful, but don't be surprised if if it, if it gets worse because we, you know we we know how the Bible reads and what it tells us is going to happen. So these things kind of they just kind of have to happen sometimes. Sister Stacy says Matthew twelve and twenty nine speaks of stripping a man of his personal power and spiritual authority. Let's look at that real quick. Matthew chapter 12, verse 29. So I can see what that scripture is. Okay. Thank you, sister. It says, I'm going to back it up a little bit. Matter of fact, that was right out. That was right after what I read. Praise the Lord. That very next verse after Jesus was talking about kingdom standing, kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. Verse 29 says, or how else can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods except he first bind the strong man and then he will spoil his house. So that is the perfect scripture, Sister Stacy, that when you take away, the, when you bind the strong man, when you take away strong men, now you can capture his entire household. And unfortunately, many men today have been, the Bible talks about this in the book of Proverbs. I think it's Proverbs chapter 7. It talks about how the strange woman who is the seductress, okay, she's responsible for many strong men that have been slain by her. And they go to her like an ox going to his own death, okay, uh, like, like an ox going to the slaughter, Proverbs chapter 7. Every man needs to get in, get down in his spirit. Proverbs 5, 6, and 7. Okay? Because that's what typically weakens a man when he becomes at the behest of a woman or women, plural. Okay? And now all of his decision making is based upon me trying to please this woman. So I no longer look vertical to God or to Christ who is my head. Christ is the head of the man. When you're, when you're dealing in lust, you now look toward the woman, okay, because you're trying to please her. Now, as a man, you serve her, but you don't please her. You please God. And as you please God, you serve her, and then she will be pleased. <laughs> but you don't look to please her, her desires, right? And these men, if you want to call them that, when, when, when a man deals in lust, all a woman has to do is just satisfy that lustful de desire. And now he more or less will do her bidding. So a lot of the weakening of the men has really happened as society has gotten more progressively liberal in terms of, of sexual liberation. Right. And, and, and this, this, this sex has become kind of freelance and the feminist agenda has basically said we don't even want the family okay a woman doesn't need a man is what feminism will tell you or they'll have these social services that will strategically exile the man out of the family all of these things have destroyed the family unit and that's what lets in everything else uh, men don't let a lot of stuff in you know, men, men ain't men ain't quick to hop on a lot of stuff. Men ain't even quick to really work with a lot of men. You know what I mean? I don't have a problem working with other guys. I love fellowshipping with guys and linking up with brothers and stuff like that. But but sometimes it's 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 not so much that men think it's anything wrong with men, but it's just kind of like I don't know you. You know, I don't know you. So if I get to know you, if, if it's meant for us to know each other, praise the Lord. <laughs> but if I don't know you, I just don't know you. So that's kind of that dynamic that's happening. So I'm, I'm so glad that you brought out that scripture, Sister Stacy. So I see a little bit more comments. Beatrice Fee says, darkness is like a pollution in the air. Yeah, I agree. Tatiana says, normalizing divorce has hurt the traditional family. That's a good point too, sister. We almost need to have a whole different solid talk on that. But I agree, normalizing divorce has hurt the traditional family. I think that's a big factor as well. Yeah, so so some good stuff. God bless you, sister. Uh, <laughs> sister Esther. Yeah, it's just like I don't know you. It ain't personal. 
Now, I don't have an issue meeting guys and all that stuff. I maybe because it's it's you know once you come to the Lord, we supposed to die to our ego and all of that. So I I actually get excited if it's a brother in Christ. I get excited to work with him. I get excited to work with uh, brother Jay or Humble Life or um, brother Devon or brother Josiah. I, I I'm excited about those because I want to see men built up. I I understand that. That there's a, a a void. There's like a vacuum today of male leadership and strong men. So anytime I see a brother in Christ that's living for the Lord or trying to live for the Lord, I'm all for it. Like I'm going to support you how I can support you. If I see a brother come on here, if I see brother Brian or brother Ray or brother Randy or brother Randall or anybody else that I see, brother Joseph, if I see them on here, I'm going to always show them love because we are needed. <laughs> we are a commodity. Uh, men have to get in place in order for this society to be righted. If it's going to be righted, it's going to happen because of men. Listen, God bless women. I love women. Women are very powerful. Uh, but if this society is going to be r- resurrected, it's going to be because men are getting in, pl- in, in place. So... Listen, family, I can go on with this a little bit more. We had some good conversation tonight. Thank you once again, those who bear with me with the technical difficulties in the beginning. I just got to sit back and figure out what's going on. But just to recap before we close out, for those who might have joined a little bit later, uh, in the House of Representatives, there was a vote where they no longer use gender-specified or family gender-specified language. For example, mother father, sister, brother, grandchild, granddaughter, grandson, <laughs> son, daughter. In their official documents, they no longer use these terms. This is Congress. This is your House of Representatives. Are we processing this? In their official documents, because they want to be, quote unquote, inclusive of everybody, they're not using these terms. They will now say parent, grandchild, child things like that and this is not accidental this is very intentional it's very strategic and it is a war of words so we've got to hold on to the word of god and just hang in there listen family i thank y'all for hanging out with me tonight god is truly good and he is worthy to be praised Uh, i pray that you've been blessed a little bit by this solid talk i don't feel like this has been my best you know what I'm saying, uh, output or whatever, but, but I guess that's not what I'm supposed to do it for. So with that being said, I pray that you all enjoy the rest of your weekend. Uh, God is good. He is able. Keep being prayerful. Know that it's a spiritual battle. War in the spirit. Ask God for increase. Ask him for strength. Don't be discouraged. Keep your eyes focused on Christ, okay, and he'll keep you in perfect peace. That's all I have in this solid talk. You all take care and be blessed.